Welcome. I'm Dr. Owen Anderson. And we're, today we're going to look at an article I happened to notice. It came up in my news feed and the title uh, worked because it made me click on it. It said, lonely Elon Musk says humans shouldn't live longer. They will asphyxiate society. And then he, the subtitle here, Elon Musk says the U.S. has a very ancient leadership whose I, old ideas won't advance society. All right. So that made me interested. What, what's he saying here? That's a, that's a big problem for us is that we have older people and, and also that uh, kind of we shouldn't live longer. Rather than saying you should rotate out of leadership, he goes to the point of saying, no, you shouldn't even live longer because you could live longer and rotate out of leadership. And his conclusion is, no, don't just don't live longer. So what's the argument? That's what I want us to look at. As we read through this, let's think about what are his assumptions? What argument does he build from those assumptions? And how does he understand death and the purpose of death? So he says, uh, I don't think we should try to have people live for a really long time. That would cause asphyxiation of society. All right. Here's his conclusion. And then because tells us what he's going to give as a premise. Why don't we have people live longer? Because people don't change their mind. And since they don't change their mind, society would uh, suffocate rather than grow. Instead of changing their minds, what they do is they just die. So if they don't die, we'll be stuck with old ideas and society won't advance. So again, I, I, I suggest another option besides death, rotate out of leadership and you can spend your uh, uh, older years doing something else. But that's not his conclusion. So is that a sound argument? And do we even agree with this conclusion? He, most people don't change their mind. I mean, is he basing that on something? Is it just his, his observations of, uh, of 10, 20, 100 people? Is, or is that true? And if it's most people, what about the people who do change their mind? How does that happen? So again, come, come down here. I think we already have quite a serious issue with geront, gerontocracy, where the leaders of so many countries are extremely old. And as we read above, in the U.S., it's a very, very ancient leadership. And it's just impossible to stay in touch with the people if you are many generations older than them. So now he's giving a little bit different argument to support his claim of asphyxiation. Why is it wrong to have an older leadership? Well, because you can't stay in touch. Well, is that really the problem then? You don't stay in touch? Because wisdom is the same for the old and the young. So is the problem that you have an old leadership that doesn't stay in touch with current fads of the younger people? Or is it that you have a leadership that got older and didn't get wiser? Because really it could go both ways. You could have an older leadership who's wise and the youth don't listen to the wisdom. Or you could have an older leadership that's foolish and has nothing really to teach the young and they're thirsting for wisdom. Or you could have an older leadership who's foolish and a younger uh, constituency that's foolish and doesn't want wisdom and nobody wants wisdom. So is the problem really aging or is the problem lack of wisdom? Because what we should expect is that the older generations teach the younger generations. And if the younger generation says, no, you're out of touch, they might be right and they might be wrong. And the out of touch doesn't mean you don't know the latest songs. It means you're not aware of what is wise, what is a good life. So it seems like what he's especially focusing on would have to do with his area of, of work, uh, they're out of touch with respect to the technology that's needed. And I, I'm just not sure I would, could see that. Older people uh, in leadership can fund technology and see its value just as well as others, uh, younger people. Now, let's see if he gives another argument down here. 
He talks about a minimum age, but not a maximum age. And then he goes on to talk about his own happiness. This is a little bit of diversion to some other things he's doing. And then this. Um, Musk said he considers himself a lonely person and would describe himself as medium happy. And it says that after him mentioning he has a net worth of 260 billion and 80 million followers on Twitter, but he's only medium happy, which tells anybody who's aspiring to be a billionaire with millions of followers on Twitter, if you're doing that to be happy, it's not going to work unless you'll say, well, he's, he, he, he's, something's wrong with him or something like that. I mean, I'll be different. I'll actually be happy with the money. Well, why? Well, it's because there's times when I'm lonely. And I'm sure everyone's lonely, he says, but it's pretty basic. Say I'm working on the Starship rocket and I'm just staying in my little house by myself, especially if my dog is not with me. Then I feel quite lonely because I'm just in a little house by myself with no dog. Well, you can pay for a little house and a dog without $260 billion, which says that the things he thinks as a billionaire make you happy are pretty inexpensive and anybody can get those. All right, now, so back up. So we got three arguments here. In fact, let me switch over here real quick to uh, another, some notes here. So people don't change their mind. Older people aren't in touch with the younger people's needs. And therefore, society will asphyxiate. And it will asphyxiate because older people are out of touch according to Elon Musk. So within these four points here, the because is a kind of argument here, is two, are two arguments. And then the third argument he gives, I'm going to move this along around. Third argument, I'm medium happy and lonely because he is in a little house with no dog and no one else either. So he's alone, and that makes him only medium happy. So that's another argument. The because alerts you to the thing before it's the conclusion and what comes after it is explain or justifying the conclusion. And then he said something, he doesn't want to live a long time. And death will be a relief. And that makes sense in light of what he just said about being lonely and what does he think death is? And, and this comes from someone who maybe has, has talked before about thinking we could download our consciousness, consciousness into a, a USB drive or a hard drive or something and continue to live indefinitely. So now he, he seems to use the word death sonnets with not existing. Not just my physical body dies, but if I was downloaded into a computer, I would still be lonely. So I don't even want to do that. I don't want to exist. So non-existence will be a relief. And I think... This is where a few points stand out here. I'll, I'll use letters now to distinguish them. A, the problem isn't age, but growing old without becoming wise, which is a quote from King Lear. The fool, Jester, tells King Lear, you shouldn't have grown old until you grew wise. And then next, life is lonely and full of suffering. So that 260 billion can only get medium happiness. And then see, uh, 
death as non-existence is therefore a relief. So death is an escape from existence. And I'm using, I should, I'm using these two, I guess, interchangeably here, life and existence. So that non-existence, the end of life, death is the end of life. You don't exist anymore. Well, an alternative to that, that really wraps A, B, C, and D together is this. Get wisdom by which we find meaning in life. Death. So that's, yeah, that's the alternative here. I'll add another point in a second. But get wisdom. That would solve his problem about the old because they got wisdom. They're able to rule with wisdom. And they're able to teach the young wisdom. And the young want to get wisdom. So they look to the old for wisdom. And then it solves the second problem. It solves both the arguments in containing one through four. And then it solves the second problem here. Life is without meaning. We'll get meaning then. Instead, in the face of suffering, he's accepted that loneliness as how it is. I suppose you could even have your dog there and feel lonely because this is an existential loneliness, not just I'm not alone in the room right now. Well, wisdom is what would allow you to find meaning in life. And then death is not escape or relief or getting rid of older rulers, but what makes us stop and think about the meaning of life. That's the purpose of death. So the fact that there is this thing coming up before us makes us stop and think, is it really the end of existence? Then it would be a relief. But what if he's wrong? And what if Hamlet is right? And after death, things get worse. He doesn't consider that option. So he just thinks, oh, death will be a relief. Maybe not. Maybe it's going to get a lot worse. So you better start doing some hard thinking uh, about the purpose of death and the meaning of life. And that's what I really took from his article. What should Elon Musk's article help us do? Well, it should help us think about we should get wisdom. Is his complaint that there are older rulers or is his complaint that there are unwise rulers? Because you could have young rulers who are also unwise. So you should get wisdom before you get old. And you should realize that death might bring about much worse consequences, much worse dream. What dreams may come when we unshuffle this mortal coil must give us pause. So Elon Musk is a good opportunity for us to stop and think and consider with $260 billion and 80 million followers, did he get wisdom? <laughs>